0: We're here to ignite your fire by highlighting the success
1: and innovation of other movement professionals. This is the PT on Fire podcast.
0: Welcome to Physical Therapists on Fire. My name is Andrew Gorecki and here's Nick Hawkins. And today we are on fire about customer service, or maybe we should call it customer servants.
1: I like it. Customer servants.
0: So in the physical therapy world, I think a lot of times we get complacent with the amount of service that we provide our patients. And I think the reason for that, and it depends on the setting you're in, but I think the reason for that is we're so used to, number one, we're, we're usually pretty busy. It's a pretty uh, a pretty busy job. Lots of patients need it. Um, there's maybe not enough physical therapists right now to, to match the need in the communities that we uh, serve. Um, so and also it's a referral business where we get sent referrals from physicians and we're so complacent with that that I think oftentimes especially when we're busy we don't go the extra mile to uh, serve or service our patients
1: and our clients. No, I totally agree, and uh, I I love this topic that we're talking about today because you know it is a people business. It's a it's a business where you know we we have the opportunity to impact and come into contact with so many different people on a daily basis. And each people that we come in contact with has, you know, X number of friends and family members that they then come in contact with. So then it's like, then you're thinking about, um, you know, word of mouth and then, you know, we could go deep into that with social media, it becomes even more. But I heard this, I want to tell a brief story. I heard this, uh, on Entree Leadership Podcast, it was a story about the $6,000 egg and this, this guy and his wife, they own a business and they go to this restaurant every week. Um, for lunch for their business so they're spending um, 600 bucks a month at this restaurant and they they go there for um, this is not business related they went there for um, I think it was his wife's uh, birthday and they went there and she wanted um, an egg on her hamburger and this was not on the menu so the waiter comes out and they say hey you know the guy says I want this and they know each other, so they're like, hey, man, what's up? Like, we come here all the time type thing. The the wife says, I'd like my hamburger, but I want an egg, a fried egg on top of the hamburger. And the waiter goes, he goes, hmm, oh, uh, that's not on the menu, but I'll go back and check to see if we can do that. And so he goes back to the kitchen and check and to check. And right there, they both kind of looked at each other like, wait, he didn't feel that, that he could put a fried egg on a burger. Like, what's the problem with that? And so... Right then, they're thinking, that's kind of weird. So, the guy goes back to the kitchen, comes back, and he said, I'm sorry, we cannot do that. And they're like, okay, um, you know, can we please speak to a manager so we know, we can understand why. So, he's like, sure. So, he goes and gets the manager. Manager comes out. He said her arms were folded, and she just wasn't looking too happy. So, right then, the guy's thinking, oh, great, you know, this isn't going to go well. And the first thing she said is, you know, I understand we have a problem. And so... She sets the precedent, and as a, this is a negative encounter, and so he said, that, "Well, there's no problem. We just wanted my wife's birthday is today. We're out for dinner, and we just wanted an egg on top of our burger." And she said, "Well, we cannot do that." And he said, "I don't understand. Let okay, then we'll we'll get a separate breakfast that's an egg, and then we'll put it on the burger ourselves." <laughs> and she still she said, "No." He was like, "Why not?" She said, okay, we have a special that we're offering today, and it's uh, waffles with a fried egg on it. And we have purchased the exact number of eggs and the exact number of waffles for this special. So if you order the egg, we will have one less egg than a waffle. And so by now, this guy is just so irritated. and and he And he knows that this manager knows how often they come to this restaurant. And that there's been great customers for years. Like he said, it was a couple years, and and so by now he's just he's irritated, and he says, okay, whatever. Um, I'm, you know, you've lost our business, basically is what he's saying. She said, I'm gonna, I'll purchase your meal today. He said, that is the stupidest thing. You're gonna purchase my fifty dollar meal, and you will not give me a thirty cent egg. (laughs) <laughs> and she and she says, you know, I'm just I'm sorry we cannot make that happen. And and so he said, not only have you lost our business as a couple, but you've lost our my company's business to here. And so they they ate their meal. They left and they right next door was a, uh, a whole foods place. And they walked in there and looked at how many, you know, he said to his wife, let's go check out how expensive eggs are. And a single egg is like 30 to 40 cents. You know, you can buy a whole cart for $4 or whatever. And, uh, and he said they, they lost our business for a year, which is $6,000, for a 30-cent egg. And, and then he said, okay, well, you know, they, they were talking about it. And why, why was the manager afraid to provide customer service? Like why, what happened there? Is that coming from, is that coming from the top? Is that something that is, is within her like she just doesn't see the value in providing customer service is that something where they they don't have instilled in them the um, the importance of going the extra mile um, they didn't know but all they know is that that company just lost six thousand dollars worth of business and not only that word of mouth this guy went on social media and he wrote a book called the six thousand dollar egg so now you have like 50 thousand people fifty thousand people that have listened to the podcast that have read the book that have read his blogs that have listened to him talk and now everybody knows that this restaurant is not willing to go the extra mile for customer service right and so I think we could find ways to link that we could have a conversation how to link that in physical therapy you know how going the extra mile or lack of or lack thereof could really leave a sour taste in people's mouths right and I, I think
0: You know, the the old school statistic used to be for every negative encounter that somebody has, they'll tell twelve people. And so it's a 12x problem. But I would argue that you need that if we did new research on that with social media and that has to be magnified. And that guy's a perfect example where it's it's thousands of people, maybe hundreds of thousands of people that now are gonna know about this, even listening to this podcast without Mm -hmm. the restaurant name, of course, but but hearing the story so I think it's really important not only to there's two things there really one is 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 providing the customer service in the front end but then also knowing how to handle it when it does go wrong. You know, what how do I handle the situation once there's already a problem? Mm-hmm. And so there's two things like I like to personally prevent those things from happening and and also when we talk maybe the third element there is word of mouth. You know, I think as physical therapists we sit back and we rely on word of mouth as our main source of business and that's great but I think there's things that we need to do to facilitate that word of mouth Mm. you know like like make that a purposeful word of mouth not just a by accident word of mouth you know I think we oftentimes rely on our clinical skills we think oh if I do a good job here if I'm a good clinician then that's going to be somebody had a good experience and I hope they tell somebody else and what we do here at Superior is we are we have Very specific things that we do, multiple things that we'll talk about here in a few minutes, that we are facilitating that word of mouth to happen when somebody does have a good experience. And then when someone's having a bad experience, we're going to facilitate um, and purposely address the issue and handle it the right way. And I, I would love to talk about that, too, towards the end here, because I don't know... I don't really know at this point what the right way to handle it is mm-hmm. because we are, we restricted by so many things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as easy to say, you know what, sir, it was a bad experience. Let me give you your money back. Mm-hmm. We have, we have some restrictions and some legal legalities to that where that's not really allowed via the insurance company. Um, so, so yeah, we, let's talk about some of that stuff.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head where, you know, it cannot be random. And and I know like, you know, a lot of us are confident in our clinical skills and if you do a great job on somebody, You know they're gonna tell some people but they may not it may not come to their mind you know they might just be moving better or feeling better and people may notice but I think when you go when you do the extra things um, besides clinical that's where people have a reason to talk about it like how good does it feel to get uh, a handwritten birthday card from somebody that you didn't expect you know like I know if it's my birthday or anything and I get a card in the mail when it, and, it, and I see that it's handwritten and not typed and, you know, kind of personal. I remember that. I leave it out. You know, I show my wife. Um, you know, I tell my parents about it. And I, I'll, I'll leave it out in my kitchen for a little while because it just feels good to know that somebody spent the time to do that. Right. And I, you know, and, and I know, like you said, we we do that. We've made the decision to do that, you know, here. And, I, you know, we've had some good feedback. Absolutely.
0: You know, and, and I think the most important thing to, to, to realize is that um, sometimes it's, it's more important just to ask. Like if somebody's having a bad experience, there's a really good chance they're not going to tell you. So, so just taking that opportunity to ask them, how is it going right now?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How did it go at the end? You know, asking along the way, how is it going? Give them the opportunity to tell you. And mm-hmm. I think that's another huge part. Um, so let's yeah. do this. let's talk about let's talk about the the five things that we do on purpose to to facilitate um, at least in our clinic that we facilitate and we've learned over the last couple of years mm-hmm. that we've implemented and that have been successful for us. Okay. Um, you know, so I, th- I think the first one it hits on what you're talking about, the card. So so what we do is um, at the end of an experience, somebody is is discharged or graduated in physical therapy. And so we we track that, and we uh, have a uh, an ask that we write a, a personalized letter to that patient within two weeks of their graduation day, and that letter basically is um, has a couple of different elements to it. The first element is acknowledging. Uh, something personal about the patient that you remember. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, hey, Susie, um, you know, great job this weekend uh, on your podium finish at the Vasa. I just wrote one yesterday, so that was on the top of my head. Congratulations on your second place finish. Uh, that's great. Um, you're 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 awesome. Mm-hmm. And then the second phase of that letter is uh, acknowledging their success in physical therapy. So, you know, man, look at how uh, that hard work paid off. You know, you just had an awesome race. Pain free, and all that hard work that you put in the physical therapy really paid off. You know, I'm proud of you. Mm-hmm. And, and then the third, uh, the third element of the letter basically is 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 kind of a call to action. Um, it might be, hey, if you ever need anything, here's my cell phone number. You can call me directly. Um, or, hey, here's uh, here's a couple assess- free assessment vouchers. We have little cards that we give them. That they can pass out to their friends and family if they have anybody in need, or they can use them themselves. Mm-hmm. Some sort of kind of very subtle call to action. You know, you're not trying to get them to come back in as a patient because they're doing well, but but there's an intentional, you know, there's purpose to this letter where they get that two weeks after their discharge, so uh, they can go, oh yeah, like two weeks has gone by. That's great that they thought of me. Um, I really appreciate that. Yeah. So it's kind of similar to the birthday card idea, um, but right now we're we're doing the letters like they're called the discharge letter.
1: Yeah. You know and and we've had a real life example here. We've had people that will will hop on Facebook and see all of a sudden somebody shared our discharge letter on their Facebook page, and then their friends have commented, "Oh, I was wondering where to go to physical therapy. you know that's a good that's good to know and so you know this one this one lady that comes to mind in particular was having a having a tough day. I don't remember why she put it on her Facebook, but she said, "This brightened up my day totally," and it had our card on there. And that's just awesome to know that just by taking, you know, three minutes by, you know, and writing a quick card that that you can have that impact on somebody. Absolutely. I've even
0: had cards sent back. Thank yous to the thank you. Mm -hmm.
1: You know, like (laughs) so it's like, when does that end? You know, it's kind of
0: like a Seinfeld moment. But yeah, that's that's great. You know, you know, so that's one thing. The second thing we're doing right now is is the comment I said earlier about asking throughout treatment, giving them the opportunity um, so we have staff meetings and we talk about the importance of, on a daily basis, asking them how their experience is going. You know, are we are we living up to your expectations? Uh, is it going the way you thought it was going to go? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think we, we do that a lot. But then also we have it, just in case we forget, um, every new patient that walks in the door, we capture their email address. And every Tuesday, we enter all 25 to 30 new patients into a uh, into a uh, contact management software that uh, we're allowed then to write a sequence of emails that go out over uh, over an eight week period. And so the number one email that goes out, the first one is about two weeks into um, being a patient here. And it's a very simple personalized email. Uh, that oftentimes the patient actually thinks I wrote to them, but it's it's automated, but it's very personal. Has no logos or anything. It's just a, like you would send an email to your friend. And the first one asks them, "How's it going?" You know, if you haven't, if it's not going well, you know, or if it's going well, do me a favor. Either shoot me an email, or the next time you're in, you know, bring it up and and let us know. If we haven't asked you, we really want to make sure that we're communicating properly. Mm-hmm. And I've had people email me back. I've had people come into the clinic and say, "Hey, I got your email," um, and so. You know that that's the second thing we do, which is which is on purpose. We ask the person throughout the care, "How is it going?" I don't want to. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have an event at the end. I want right. to know about it real time, so we can do something about it.
1: Right. And I think that's worth visiting. You know, and I know for me, when I first started off out of school, that's the last thing I wanted to do. You know how hard it is to when you're first starting out. Um, you know, asking somebody, it's like a you don't even want to hear if they're having a bad situation. But inevitably, when you don't do that it gets down to the end and if somebody like you said if they haven't been happy right. something's going to happen at the end whether it's they cancel the remaining five appointments they go to their physician and you get a phone call they send a nasty email um something will happen not every time and not even the majority of the time but it'll happen you know i don't know the percentage but a little bit of a a little bit of the time and it could have been taken care of initially and that's something that you know, I've tried to just gradually get comfortable with, and I'm, I'm getting better at it. But just like you said, simply just okay. asking the question, you know, how is it going? Is it what you expected? Do you have any, um, almost give, just giving them a chance and having the confidence to let them complain. Right. And manage it from the from the get-go versus, versus waiting. And, and it's so worth confronting the issue before it gets to, to a full-blown fire. Right. I think most people too are here really to
0: not only get better but also know that somebody is listening and is understanding and is hearing their problems. And So you Mm can call it complaining, but really I think every person is here. And really wants to know that that's what's happening, that they're they're being heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and and when you dissect all the complaints that we've gotten over the last four years, and it's not been a ton, but most of them, it comes down to the fact that most people feel like we just didn't hear them and didn't understand them.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: so I think this this principle too goes along not just with your customers and your clients, but it goes with employees. If you're an owner, you you know you shouldn't have uh, a performance review or an end of the year review where. There was things happening all year that you didn't know about, like, you know, and it becomes an event and you lose somebody, they leave you. Or if at home personally, like if you have, you know, your spouse or your kids, you know, it, it, it probably makes a lot of sense to ask them how it's going on a regular basis too. Mm-hmm. You know, like, am I being a good dad? Am I being a good husband? Are you happy with the way things are going versus waiting until there's an event? You know, so I think these, these apply not just to business, but, right. um, You know, so the third thing we're doing, we're just going to go, when we get to five, we'll stop. Uh, Mm -hmm. But the third thing that we're doing on purpose in order to provide that customer servant attitude is um, we, when somebody comes in on their first experience, their first day with us, um, you know, we believe that it's really important to, well, let me stop for a second. There was a study that was done uh, a couple months ago that looked at uh, physician interactions with patients and they... They, they discovered that for every 10 things that a physician tells a patient on their first um, evaluation, by the time they get home, they only remember three of those 10 things. And so that's huge, right? I mean, that's like, aren't we educating people every time we see them? And that first day, if you've never had physical therapy before, it can be very overwhelming. A lot of stuff going on, looking at a lot of things. And there's a good chance that some of your pain provocation tests are going to maybe irritate that patient and they're going to be a little sore. And so... What we do to, to try to address that issue is we're calling patients uh, the night of their evaluation or the morning, the next morning, in order just to have a 30-second conversation that basically says, did you have any questions? Did you forget anything? You know, are you doing okay? Um, and, 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 and really just trying to address, well, you know, I'm a little sore from that. Okay, well, you know, don't be too concerned that we went through a lot of things and that's not uncommon. Um, and, and just addressing that so that they're not so... Uh, so that they come back and they give the opportunity to help them. I mean, this is all about ultimately trying to optimize the opportunity so they can do well and have success. And and I and all of us out there know that you've had that patient that's come in and they came to the eval and there was it was that you made them worse and they didn't come back. Mm-hmm. And so we've all had that. And so this is an opportunity for us to just to take a quick phone call. You know, if we all have one to two new patients a day, it takes me a minute and a half end of the day. Give them a quick call, make sure they're doing well, answer any questions they've had. Uh, most of the time, they don't answer. You know, most of the time, it's in voicemails. But still, leaving a
1: voicemail, letting them know mm-hmm. you care, um, I think it's a huge thing. Yeah, and I think it's important to remember going along with that that you know these people are vulnerable coming to us. Like, it's not like they're going to the gym and they're seeing a personal trainer where they've they've made the decision to better themselves from an already decent standing. Or you know, they're coming to us in pain, vulnerable. They're afraid. Like, they don't know if they can be helped. A lot of times, people have been through. You know surgery or injections or you know they've got a nasty mri or whatever so these people are just coming to coming to us basically pretty low and so doing little things like that really can can give them confidence that they're in the right place and that they can trust trust you um that 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 you want what's best for them and uh you know a couple of years ago the apta had this um movement it was called pt for life Mm-hmm. And, and they were trying to encourage PTs to set the stage that, you know, just like a, f- a patient has a physician for life, they have a physical therapist for life. But, you know, again, that does not happen by just providing good care. That happens by doing extra stuff like you're making the phone call, you're sending the letter, you know, things like that are going to subconsciously tell that patient, hey, you know, this this PT cares about me. He or she is learning about me as a person. They care enough to call, and things like that are what is going to make you a PT for life. Not, you know, not you have to go beyond just providing the good care. And I think you know, just making the phone call is the first way, the first step that you can you can do that. I think we need to be the primary musculoskeletal.
0: Healthcare providers. I mean, and the only way to get to that point is if people trust us and they understand what we know, Mm -hmm. and and we have to treat people like they're they're getting a two hundred dollar an hour service. Yeah. And and I know a lot of times we get busy and we get in a rut, and it's like the next patient, it's we're like herding the cattle, and that just that that can't be the way that it. That's there's no way you're going to be the primary musculoskeletal provider if that's the attitude we're going to have.
1: Who else is going to do it? Nobody else has the training we do. Nobody has nobody spends as much time throughout a plan of care with the patient as we do. Right. It has to be us.
0: Exactly. I totally agree. All right. That was perfect. So let, let's talk about number four. So our fourth thing that we've implemented this year, we talked about this a little bit earlier. We, we said the, we have an email campaign that goes out to all new patients. And and I said the, it's really five emails, I believe, over eight weeks that go out, four or five. Um, the first one is just asking how it's going. But each subsequent one has more purpose and more content that's valuable to the person that's going to allow them to be more successful. So, so we have the second email that goes out talking about how important uh, sleep is, and it gives them resources on REM sleep and how to enhance their sleep so that they can heal better. Um, the third email goes out talking about nutrition and how, how nutrition, there's articles in there that give them resources on how nutrition can, inf- can affect inflammation and, and also either uh, facilitate or inhibit healing. Um, there's another email that goes out talking about, um, so we've got nutrition, we've got sleep, and then we give them another email that has resources about the phases of healing so that the person can, we all understand that, but most people don't. So it gives them information about what to expect, what phase of healing are they in? And, and really just trying to, um, set the expectations so that they know this is a process that's going to take at least four to six weeks. And they start to be a little bit more sure of what we're doing and that we actually know what we're talking about. So, you know, as much as that might not be considered a traditional customer service, it's valuable content that we found. It took energy and time to put that online. And on a weekly basis, it takes us energy and time to put their information in. And it's not selling them anything. It's just giving them information. Mm-hmm. So it's trying to enhance the experience, which is all – that's what customer service or a customer servant is all about, is just trying to enhance the experience for the person.
1: hmm you know, and I, you say this all the time. People hate being sold to, right. and so the more content we can give for free without them feeling obligated to purchase something or, or um, make a make an action based on what they read or what they receive. You know, they can simply just receive information and information that will benefit them, and and it's not selling at all. And all this is gearing is shaping their perspective of our clinic and, and the, and the, the care that they're giving and their experience.
0: Well, and really physical therapy, like it's shaping the experience of physical therapy. Like how often do you hear, like, I went in as a patient and they gave me these three exercises. They sent me over to the machines and they walked away. They came back 10 minutes later, mm-hmm. you know, they gave me more exercises, walked away. Yeah. And there was no one-on-one treatment. You know, I stopped going after three visits. They haven't even reached out to me. You know, really no one even knows I exist. Yeah. They don't even know my name. That should make us so mad. Yeah.
1: That should just, that should make our blood boil. Right. You know, think about how long we went. That's a whole other conversation, but how long we went to school and that's, that's almost the norm right now. And I, that needs to change, but you know, we could we could talk all day on that.
0: Uh, (laughs) So it's really for the profession as a whole. We need to act like the primary care providers Mm -hmm. for musculoskeletal Mm -hmm. issues, you know, and then the whole other talk too is like, how do we provide customer service for the physicians? I mean, those are another client of ours, right? Like, it's the patient and it's the physician. We need to still understand that there's a element of customer service there. Like
1: Mm -hmm.
0: hold on their topic, but, but we can talk about that at some point.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, and I think with those emails too, you know, the goal is always long-term success, right? Like just acknowledging, like you said, the importance of sleep and nutrition and, and uh, um, you know, all that and and understanding the healing process and long-term success and a lot of people will come in and, and uh, you know, come to me and say, hey, you know, I got that email and I'm trying out this or um, I think you say something about turmeric in there yep, or yep. like an anti-inflammatory. Yep. You know, like a lot of people will actually say that, like they'll ask, what is turmeric? It's a, well, it's a natural anti-inflammatory. It's a dietary, you know, you can put it, it's like a spice or, mm-hmm. you know, and, and basically it just shows that people are reading these emails and they are, they're in a vulnerable state. So they want to get better. They're like. Most people, when they're vulnerable, they're they're like this sponge that just wants to soak in everything so they can get better. Like this is their focus right now. Right. And uh, yeah, you know, it just it gives them that, that much more confidence and that much better of experience. You know, and, and and it it's the it's the marketing
0: principle of <clears throat> people buy from who they know, like, and trust. And so, you're building trust is what Mm -hmm. you're doing. You're building trust and and that's going to guarantee people coming back to you when they have issues in the future. Mm -hmm. I get more phone calls than ever. People asking me about family members or friends, they're coming to me for advice, which is all of us, not just me, they're coming to us for advice because they trust us. Mm -hmm. And that trust does not get built on accident. Mm -hmm. You have to build trust. It's a lot harder to build trust than it is to lose trust. You know, so what we're doing is we're trying to purposely build the trust of the patient so that we can be somebody that they're going to continue to buy from because mm-hmm. ultimately we they are buying a service from us as much as we don't want to say that healthcare is a product it's a service they're buying it from us they have 14 other options they can buy from in town mm-hmm. so why why would they come here and and it's got to be because they know like and trust us
1: mm-hmm. yeah that's that's <clears throat> awesome i like that well say that one more time it's harder to it's it's a lot harder to build trust yeah
0: And much easier to lose trust. You can lose trust in one encounter. Right. uh, But it takes a long period of time to build that trust up. Trust enough so that somebody, you know how big of a deal for it is for somebody to go to a friend and say, hey, your back's hurting you. I think you should go see these guys. You know why it's a big deal? Because have you ever recommended somebody, wrote a letter of recommendation or recommended somebody for a job and it turned out bad? I have. Mm -hmm. And it's terrible. You feel like a jerk. And you, you think back and you go, man, why did I recommend that person for that job? And it turned out so bad. Not only am I, am I embarrassed, but I'm also upset with the person that let me down. Mm-hmm. I trusted that they weren't going to let me down. And, and I probably tarnished that person who took my recommendation probably isn't going to take my recommendation again. In fact, they'll probably do the opposite. Well, yeah. if Andrew recommends so-and-so for this job, I'm probably not going to look at that person. I right. I've, I've immediately lost
1: trust of them. You know, and think about... And think about, you know, looking outside the box of this too, not only, you know, are we shaping the perspective of the client that we have, the patient we have right now with all these, uh, with the customer service strategies, but when they tell their friend or family member about us, their family member or friend comes to us with a pre-framed mind that, that they're going to get awesome care, that they're going to be, they're going to be able to trust us, that they're going to be confident or comfortable with our, our care. And so they're coming with a frame of mind that is totally different than if they are referred to physical therapy by a physician. And we've seen this firsthand with our with our low back workshops. I mean, you know, people come to these things because they're 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 comfortable and they, tr- they they've had people tell them that about us and they trust us. And when they become patients, they're the pe- best patients ever. People who are referred by their friends are the best patients ever. And doing things like this, taking the steps for the customer service um, the specific strategies really helps drive that clientele to, to the business. Absolutely. You know, and let's, let's hit on the last and final thing that we're doing here on purpose
0: for customer service. So the fifth thing that we're doing is, is we're using technology to enhance the experience. So what we spend a lot of our time doing here is taking videos. And we really have two reasons why we take these videos. Um, one is we do video home exercise programs. So we use a we use an app called Spark Motion, which I would highly recommend. Um, it's a very inexpensive app that we are able to create a patient file. It's all saved on the cloud. It's HIPAA compliant, and we can take a up to a minute and a half video <clears throat> of that person and immediately send it through an email address. It's amazing, um, and it 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 basically eliminates that. Here's the three exercises for low back pain that uh, you know the VHI uh, generic. Uh, cookie cutter stuff that you see out there and it just enhances the experience people can pull it up on their iphone and they can anywhere they are they can hear your voice they can see either them doing it or you showing it and uh, just awesome leverage of technology as far as videos go
1: yeah talk about personalized care you know you can't get more personal than than them seeing an exercise tailor-made for them this wasn't (laughs) like a printed out right stupid cartoon It takes me just as
0: much time to go print out and search on a VHI than it does to me to hit the record button and send to an email address. It does take a little time to get used to, but it's been definitely an enhancing uh, element. And then, of course, you can use that as a marketing tool to the physicians. Like Nobody in town is doing this. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the second avenue that we use videos for is that when we have time, this is how we kind of fill some of our holes when we have uh, a slow winter or we have some cancellations and no-shows because of bad weather. We set aside time to take videos on specific content. Uh, for example, there's a series on our website called "The Top Three Exercises by Condition." So we took uh, videos on you know things like stenosis and sciatica and SI pain and shoulder pain and uh, we, and then there's other sections where we're taking um, flexibility videos and strength videos and golf uh, performance videos. But and then we put those on our site and we have mm-hmm. like 200 videos that are out there that. Uh, The patient can, when they're discharged, they can continue to be healthy, and they can continue to maintain the change. Mm -hmm. And so, again, it's not something that we have to do, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's something that we take pride in.
1: And even looking at it the other side, people are studying you before they come in, right? Like, just like when somebody goes to buy a car. Like, when somebody goes to buy a car, you've already researched that car, and you know exactly what you're going to pay, what it's worth, the blue book. what You can look up how many times it's been in an accident. People are doing the same thing for physical therapy. They're searching for you on Google. They're looking at the they're looking at the reviews. They're looking on Facebook. They're looking at all this stuff. And when and when they search them after having those videos, after putting up the videos, they look and they're like, "Wow, look at all this these free videos I can do to try to help myself." And even if they spend an extra like you know one to two weeks trying some of these videos, they come to you and already have it pre framed that wow, these people care enough to put videos on. These videos helped me a little bit, so I know I'm on the right track. Right. Um, so it helps even before the encounter as well as after. You know, one of the things that we have on there, too, is, is a series of tests that a patient
0: can do on their own, like basically orthopedic special tests. I would love to get more of those at some point. You know, I, I took them a year ago and did them real quick. But to me, that makes a lot of sense, too. Like, why not give the patient the ability to test themselves and find out, is it a rotator cuff tear or is it an impingement syndrome? And then talk about it and then explain how physical therapy can help. I mean, those are huge opportunities for the mm-hmm. patient to test themselves and then go, hey, you know, I did your little thing and, and mm-hmm. it looks like I need to be here because, you know, you're a physical therapist and this is what I have. Mm-hmm. You know, it's awesome.
1: Yep. And, you know, <clears throat> we could get so deep into this. And, and I we have a podcast and I'm sure we'll do more about how technology you can leverage technology to to help clients and, and market and, and all that. But this is just one way it's fairly easy to leverage that. That's Absolutely. powerful. So
0: just to review our top five things right now that we've implemented for customer service so that you can be a better servant. Number one is the discharge letter. Number two was the asking throughout the care, just asking how it's going. We do that uh, not only in person, but in uh, emails that go out automatically to every patient. Um, the third thing is we do uh, new patient calls. So the night of or the morning uh, after, we, we call them just to find out how things are going if they had any more questions. Number four is, again, email campaign, but it's it's basically the rest of the email campaign that talks about uh, or, or gives them more value on uh, content that they can do and learn about that might make them heal faster and have a better experience. And then the fifth thing is leveraging technology in video format, both for video homework, home exercise program, as well as uh, video resources online that they can continue to maintain the change. So those are our top fives, and what we'll do uh, for you, you can go to um, Physical the- O Fire, and you can go to this podcast, which is customer service, and uh, you can find at the bottom of the podcast a button to click, and you can download uh, a PDF that we've created, a little cheat sheet, or a freebie that basically just has the top five um, marketing, or sorry, the top five customer service strategies, and then a little bit of detail about some resources you can find uh, that you can implement these things on your own, such as what uh, email campaign uh, tool we use, what uh, video app we use, things like that. We'll give you some more details on that. You can go ahead and download it for free. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That's, uh, again, ptofire.com. And uh, don't don't be the $6,000 egg story. Go the extra mile. Uh, you know, Keep people happy. Uh, be, the, be the customer servant that people, people need and, and what they want.
0: Absolutely. So thanks for joining us and hopefully uh, this lights the fire.